Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Hey, how many know God is up to something here at LifeGate? Amen. And you have picked a good time to be a part of what God is doing. We're so thrilled that you are here. If you're watching with us online as well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and of your weekend to join us here today. And we are celebrating. Come on, everybody say celebrate. Celebrating 15 years as a church. In fact, last Sunday was our anniversary Sunday, and we are celebrating the 15 years. But how many know 15 is too big to just give one Sunday, right? Come on. So we're giving several Sundays to this, actually three Sundays to really celebrate 15 years, and we're having a little bit of fun with it. In fact, we got a pop-up shop out there for you with all kinds of LifeGate t-shirts and hoodies and sweaters and all kinds of swag out there. In fact, I see some of you wearing. Come on, if you're wearing your LifeGate shirts or something, come on, represent today. Let me see you, right? Right, you're looking good in those. And so I just want to encourage you, if you didn't get a chance to go do that last week, go back there and grab some stuff. We got the anniversary shirts that are limited edition. Got some other stuff back there that if we don't have it in your size, we'll order it for you. And so we're excited about that as we celebrate 15 years. And then as a part of the celebration, we started last week a brand new series called 154. 15. So everybody say 15 for 15. 15 for 15. And what we're doing is just kind of like, I mean, have seen the 30 for 30 on ESPN before, right? It's kind of documentary style, 30 years, 30 stories. That's kind of what we're doing in this series is 15 years, 15 things that we've kind of learned throughout the 15 years. And we're kind of doing it documentary kind of style. Because how many know if you ever watch one of those documentaries on Netflix or on, uh, uh, you know, on Amazon Prime or something like that, you know how they always start kind of back in the early days and they tell you, you know, what it's like and they show the pictures and all all that kind of stuff and then you go into the middle kind of days and then hey this is where the band is now and this is where they're going and right you've all seen that before well we thought we'd kind of do that in this series last week we started talking about some of the early days we told some great stories about the things that happened when we first started the church we said hey there was a kind of an overarching theme in those early days and the theme was the theme of identity so everybody say it identity identity. We were just kind of figuring out who we were as a church. I was figuring out who I was as a person and as a pastor, and we had to strip off some old identity in order to take on the identity that God wanted to bring in us. If you missed it last week, go back and check that out on YouTube or on the podcast. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about like where we're at now and where we're going from there, and that theme is kind of the theme of legacy. So everybody say it, legacy. Legacy. We're going to be talking about, hey, where are we going and how do we leave a legacy? So We'll get into that next week, but today we're going to talk a little bit about the early, or not the early years, but kind of the middle years of the church, and we're going to talk about this theme that just continued to pop up during those years of the church that really, I think, has been really important as to us establishing and moving forward to what God wants for us here at the church, and the theme is this idea of credibility, and here's the thing, that as I started thinking about the years of the church, especially as we kind of were in those early years, moving into those middle years, what I noticed was this, is that it was always a struggle to kind of establish 
some credibility. Now, let me just kind of fill you in a little bit. I don't know if you remember, but back in uh, 2006 when the church was being started, there was kind of this boom of church plants that were just kind of happening everywhere. I mean, people were moving to the suburbs, planting churches. And it was, it was kind of, there was, it wasn't just LifeGate that was being planted. In fact, during that season, like when we first planted the church here in Burleson, there were at least a half a dozen, maybe more churches that were all starting kind of about the same time. And so it was this struggle to kind of, kind of build some credibility with all these new churches. In fact, I'll never forget, we moved to, to Burleson, we packed up our family, I told you the story last week, packed up our family, put in the U-Haul, moving into this house that we had rented, and I'm so excited, like God's put this thing in my heart, we're going to plant this church, LifeGate Church, we're going to change lives, it's going to be amazing, everybody's going to want to come, it's going to be the greatest church that's ever been planted, cannot wait until LifeGate Church is a reality, so we're in the U-Haul, we pull up to the house, I go up, no lie, to unlock the door so that we can carry our stuff into the house and as I go up with my key to our new rent house to open the door on the door there is a door hanger how many ever seen those before right a door hanger I say hey yeah that's pretty cool I oh I pull the door hanger up and I look at it and right on the door hanger it says coming soon a brand new church life point church <laughs> and I thought oh my goodness <laughs> This is going to be harder than I thought. <laughs> and it was. In fact, I told you last week how we couldn't find a place to have church, to have services. And we had tried schools and tried movie theaters and all that. And one of the reasons that it was difficult to find a place was because there was all these other churches that were being planted as well. They were already taken. And so finally, you know, through a series of events, we, we started meeting on Saturday nights at the Hughley Fitness Center over there. And at that time, that was, that was a hospital campus there that was run by the Seventh-day Adventists. So here we are in a Seventh-day Adventist kind of a town meeting on Saturdays in a place that is owned by the Seventh-day Adventists, right? We're not Seventh-day Adventists. Everybody thought that we were. And I mean, it was like, it was this struggle. And I thought, man, if we could just get out of this Seventh-day Adventist place, if we could just start meeting on Sundays, if we could just have, you know, a building of our own, then that would help us to establish some credibility. And so through a miracle I told you about last week, like we did get a building of our own and it did help a little bit. Like we moved into the building. We went from about 30 people to about 50 people. I mean, just explosive growth. You know what I'm saying? And it did help a little bit of it, but it still, it didn't really establish us in the community. In fact, I'll never forget one of my good friends who, who came to church here, and, and we've become great friends, but before he ever came to the church, like I remember him telling me after he became part of the church, he said that, that one day he was driving down uh, Thomas Street here, and I don't know, for some reason I was outside doing some work outside, and uh, he drove by, and when he saw me out there, he said, he told me this later, he said, I thought to myself, there's another punk little, you know, church planter dude trying to start another church. <laughs> and of course, he ended up coming to the church. Amen, right? Be careful what you say and what you think, right? But that's what people thought in the community about, here's this little startup church, like who they think they are. There's all these other churches, and it was a struggle to kind of establish credibility in the community. But that leads me to my key thought for today. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. And that is this, if you want to build influence, you got to start by building credibility, 
If you want to have influence with people, if you want to gain influence, if you want to make a difference, then the first thing you have to do is you have to have some credibility. You have to establish some, some trust. And here's the thing is that God has called us as a church to make a difference in our community. He has called us to create moments that will change lives. He has called us to bring about life change in the community of Burleson and Crowley and Joshua and South Fort Worth and Cleburne and all of Johnson County and even to the rest of the world. God has called us to make a difference and to bring about an influence, a good influence of life change for people. But before that can happen, what we have to do is we have to establish some credibility. We have to have some rapport with people. We have to have the moral ground to be able to speak into people's lives. Before you can gain influence, you got to build credibility. And it kind of reminds me of the story of this guy that I want to talk about a little bit today. A guy in the, in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel. How many remember the story of Daniel? How many maybe from Sunday school or something like that? Daniel and the lion's den. In fact, there's a whole book written by, about Daniel. And, and the whole thing is really about this idea of here's this guy. He is a, he is a Jewish boy, Hebrew boy, who is in exile to, uh, to the nation or to the, the kingdom of Babylon, which is a very, like, not... not godly nation very pagan nation and so here's this guy who is you know a Jewish boy loves the Lord and and like serving the Lord and yet he finds himself in the midst of this of this kind of this nation that doesn't serve and doesn't know the Lord and yet over and over and over what you see with Daniel is that he establishes such a credibility with people that he influences people everywhere that he goes in fact over the 70 or so years that he's in that in the nation of Babylon and in that exile there he goes through four different kingdoms four different kings and every single time he finds himself like in close connection with these kings and actually being able to to influence them and it all comes because he established this credibility there was something about his life that was so different that he stood out among the rest in fact we see it in Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 1 let's look what it says together today on the screen it says it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel so here's this guy he doesn't even belong like here and yet out of the whole nation Daniel is one of the top three advisors to the king check this out and the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss so Daniel check out these words did what so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps with his what everybody say this out loud with his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom at this the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs but they were unable to do so they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent finally these men said we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel check this out here's this guy who is a foreigner here is this guy who doesn't believe all the things that the Babylonians believe here's this guy who who's in exile a slave and yet here he has such an exceptional quality about him he lives his life in such a way that he has such incredible credibility that the king sees 
receives him and not only says, hey, I want you to be one of the top three in charge, but his plan was to actually put him the top one in charge of all of the nation. Man, that is some credibility. And that credibility, that influence is only, only gained because Daniel lived in such an exceptional way. And here's the thing is that I believe that God wants to bring influence to you and to LifeGate Church to make a difference like we have never made before. As we talk next week about legacy, I just believe that God has incredible things that, that we've only seen just the beginning of the influence that God wants to bring for LifeGate Church. Amen? But it's only going to happen when we are a people. A people who establish credibility by the way that we live. And so what I see from Daniel is just really five things. In fact, when you say we're going to give you 15 things for 15 years, last week we gave you the first five, today I'm going to give you the second five uh, things, and we're going to see them from Daniel's life. So if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. If we want to have credibility, if we want to gain influence, then the first thing that we have to learn to do is we have to learn to serve quietly. Everybody say, serve quietly. We learn to serve quietly. What is it that makes us stand out from the rest? I'll tell you what made Daniel stand out. It was a heart to serve. He, was, he had a heart to serve the king. In fact, we see it through four different kings in four different reigns. Here's Daniel who is so submitted to authority, who has such a heart committed to serve the king's interest that the king wants to put him in charge of everything. But here's, here's the thing that we notice here is that even though like he's not yet in charge of everything, you never see Daniel going, well, hey, when do I get to be the one in charge? You don't ever see Daniel going, hey, you know, like, like the Lion King, just can't wait to be king. Like, no. What did he do? He just, he just served. He just did whatever the king needed him to do. In fact, we saw it in Daniel chapter 6, verse 2, that, that Daniel was so attentive to the king's needs that the king never suffered loss. That Daniel's whole life was just about, how can I serve the king? King, what do you need? What do you want me to do? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? And here's this, check this out. Daniel didn't even believe the same things that the king believed. And yet he was willing to serve him. Man, I tell you what, what could happen with us as a church if we decided hey, even though I may not believe the things that are happening in our world and in our community, I may not believe the same way that my boss believes. I may not believe the same way that my neighbor believes. But guess what? I'm, I love them and I'm going to serve them in such a way that I'm going, to, I'm going to have a heart to serve them. Imagine the influence that we could gain. In fact, here's the deal. is That, that influence is not about how loud you can shout what you believe. It's about how quietly you can serve those who don't believe. And just think, some of you are here today and, and you attend church every Sunday and you come by yourself because your spouse doesn't believe the same things in the same way that you believe. Can I help you out just a little bit here today? The way to get them to believe what you believe is not to harp on them all the time. What could happen if you just decided, hey, I'm just going to serve them. I'm just going to love them. And, and just have such exceptional qualities in my life that suddenly my husband's going, like, uh, man, something's different about you. Maybe, maybe since you started going to that church, things started changing. Maybe I should start going to that church too. What could happen in your work 
Some of you have people that you work with, your boss or, or the people that, uh, that, that are your co-workers that don't, they don't know the Lord, they don't serve the Lord. And you know what? Maybe it's good that you tell your story and witness and we talk about that kind of things all the time. But you know what's bad is when we witness and our life is not different. What if you decide to serve, to serve them? Like to have such a heart for people, to have a heart to serve. What if you decided, I'm going to go to work today, uh, this, this Monday, not just to get a paycheck and not to just see how little I can do and still kind of get by, but I'm going to go to work and give all that I've got to serve that boss that doesn't know the Lord. And, th- and then that boss begins to see something different and you imagine the influence that you could gain as you begin to gain credibility in their eyes. You know, I remember when we first started the church, we first moved into uh, this building. It was the other side over there. It didn't look like it looks now. And, and, and like there had been other churches that had been in that building. And so there wasn't a whole lot of credibility in the neighborhood for, for the church because they had, had three or four different churches, you know, names of, of churches and, and things like that. And so uh, we decided, you know, I think we really want to influence this neighborhood around the church, but probably going and putting a door hanger on their door and inviting them to church is probably not going to work because like we got to get gained some, some credibility with them. And so what we decided to do was instead of going around to the neighborhood and knocking on doors, inviting people or putting door hangers on their door, what we did was we would meet here on Saturdays and we would bring our lawnmowers. I remember we would go to the neighbor, some of the neighbors, I wonder if they're still the same ones, I don't know, but we're all around this neighborhood and we, we had, you know, there's just a handful of us and we'd take our, our lawnmowers and we'd go up and we'd knock on their door and say, hey, we're from this new church, just moved in down the street down here and we just wanted to say, hey, we weren't here to invite you to church, we just want to be here to serve our neighborhood and serve our community. Would it be okay if we mowed your yard today? You would imagine the faces that people had when we did that. Like, I remember we would set up out here and we had a couple guys in the church that knew how to do oil changes and stuff. And so we would have people, we would advertise like, you know, single moms, bring your car up here and we'll change your oil for free. Or we'd have car wash out here and we'd say, we had signs that would say, absolutely free car wash, no donations accepted. How many ever been to those car washes that say free car wash and then you get your car wash and they're like, hey, we'll take a donation, right? But we were like, no donations. People would try to give us money and say, no, no, we're just here to serve. And what were we doing? We were building credibility in the neighborhood so that we could gain influence with people. I think about some of the things that happen now. I think about like our youth pastor, Pastor Colton, who just, man, he wanted to serve at the school and it's difficult to kind of get in there to the high school and serve. And so he heard that there was an opportunity to just go to the football, you know, practices and bring Gatorade and water. And so he went down, he'd go down to Sam's and some of the people in the church paid to like get these big old pallets of Gatorade. And then he'd load them up, he'd ice them up, he'd take them down to the football uh, practice. And he'd just say, hey, here's some Gatorade, here's some water. I'm just here to serve and through that he began to gain a relationship with the coaches until the head coach says hey now I want you to come in now he's a character coach for the centennial football team goes to all the games goes to all the practice he has influence why because he just decided to serve I think about things that are happening even right now, you know, with all the stuff going on over in Afghanistan and how there are refugees even that are coming into Fort Worth and and there are people that like have been displaced and having to move here. We have people in our church who decided, hey, through the community and through the people we're involved in in Fort Worth, we want to serve those people. So they're gathering up, they're gathering up stuff to help get their apartments furnished and to give them food. You can help with that if you would like, just let me know. Like, here's the deal. How do we gain influence and credibility? We have to serve quietly. So everybody say serve quietly. 
number two, what did Daniel do? You, you don't just serve quietly. You've got to love genuinely. I can imagine there were a few times when it was difficult for Daniel to love some of these people he was serving. In fact, if you don't, if you don't believe me, just go read Daniel chapter 4. King Nebuchadnezzar was a hard-to-love kind of a dude. <laughs> He's crazy. And here's the deal. Sometimes we have some hard-to-love kind of people in our lives, don't we? In fact, we see Dan the influence of Daniel's love so great that in, in Daniel chapter 6 with King Darius, like here's the deal that you, you kind of, maybe you remember the story how he gets thrown into the lion's den and, and, and what the Bible says about King Darius was that Darius, the whole, he didn't want Daniel to go to the lion's den and the whole time that he was in the lion's den, the Bible says he didn't sleep that entire night, the whole night he was staying awake wondering what was happening to Daniel. Now, how do you have a king that can't sleep because this servant is in the lion's den that he's the one that threw him in there? How does that happen? It must be because Daniel had a loving relationship with this king. He had loved him genuinely. And here's the deal that we have to understand is sometimes the greatest way to influence people is just to love them right where they're at. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know that, th I think that came from John Maxwell, but I've said it so many times you can just quote me on that. Amen. <laughs> Like people don't, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. Let me just say it like this. We're not going to win influence and change lives in our culture by getting into political debates, arguing all the things that we believe. Let me tell you something. That never changed anybody's mind. Nobody's heart has ever been changed because of a comment on a Facebook post. They don't just go, oh, that was such a good point. My life has changed forever. And yet we think that's how, no. How do we change hearts? Love. Relationships. People don't, people don't care how much we know. We might even be right, but they don't care if we're not loving, if we don't have a relationship. It's that genuine and authentic connection and love that helps to change lives, that gains influence in people's lives. And the truth is, man, you know, one of the greatest ways that we can have influence in our world is not just in how we love people on the outside, but in how we love each other. Jesus says, here's how they're going to know that you're my disciples, is that you have love for one another. Man, in these days that we've been living in, recently there's been so much division. And it's not just division from the outside and the inside, of the, it's among the body of Christ. Mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, all this stuff, right? And guess what? When people from the outside look on and see that the church is just as divided as the world what kind of influence are we going to have on their lives? But when they see that we love one another, here's the deal. Some of us, like, we're not easy to love. Some of y'all, not easy to love. Come on, don't nudge your neighbor, but it's just true. Sometimes I'm not easy to love, right? I mean, we have the, what we affectionately call the EGR, people extra grace required. I mean, 
Truth is, there are people like that, but here's what we have to decide is that we have to decide we're going to love. In fact, I remember in the middle kind of years of the church, the church was not, was not really growing the way that I wanted it to grow, and I would get discouraged about it. We'd have church on Sunday, and you know, the attendance wasn't great, or I didn't preach that great, or you know, or the music wasn't, wasn't great, or we didn't have very many visitors, or the offering wasn't great, or whatever, and I'd get so discouraged. And I remember talking to one of my mentors one time and saying, you know, Pastor Scott, like I'm struggling here, like this is not happening the way that like the, the measurements are not what I want them to be. And I rem- I'll never forget this is, this is impacted my life in such a great way. He said, hey, you got to change the way you measure. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, instead of measuring like how many people came to church on Sunday or how good did you preach or how big was the offering, when you leave on Sunday after church is over, start measuring like this, how well did you love? Because that's the greatest value in the kingdom of God. And maybe it wasn't the best attendance or maybe it wasn't your best sermon or maybe it wasn't the greatest day. But did I love people today more than I loved them last week? And if I did that, then I am a success in the kingdom of God because this is where influence comes from. It comes when we serve quietly. It comes when we love genuinely. Number three, here's what we got to do is we got to speak respectfully. How do we gain influence? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Re, 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 re. Okay. I can always count on the first service to laugh at my cheesy jokes. Second service, not so much. All right. Daniel had respect for others, which, listen to this, gained him the respect of others. And here's the thing. When you look at Daniel's life, Daniel wasn't a yes man. He didn't just say whatever the king wanted him to say. In fact, like he never compromised his beliefs, but everything that he spoke, he spoke with respect. In fact, there were times, man, they would call Daniel in for advisement or they would call him in to interpret dreams. And I'm telling you, when he would interpret dreams, it was never a good thing. You go read it. He would say stuff like, you're going to, you know, you better get this straightened out because God is going to judge you for this. And like, he was not a yes man. He wasn't just saying whatever the king wanted, wanted him or wanted to hear from him. And and yet the king still wanted him around. Why? I think it was because he had, he had influence that he had gained by, by being respectful to the people. Even though he didn't believe the same thing that they believed, he treated those kings with honor and with respect. In fact, this is what Peter says about in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17. It says, show proper respect for what? For everyone. Who's that include? Everyone. Does that include people you agree with? Does that include people you disagree with? Does that include people who deserve it? Does that include people who don't deserve it? Does that include Democrats? Does that include Republicans? Does that include people who are older than you? Does that include people who are younger than you? Does that include Texas Longhorn fans? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Show proper respect for everyone. We want to gain influence with people. Hey, it doesn't mean that we don't speak truth. It just means that we, that we do it in a respectful way. You don't have to agree with someone to respect them. First Peter 3 verse 15 says like this, always be prepared to give an answer. Hey, have the truth. Always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give them the reason for the hope that you have. But then notice what it says, but do it with 
gentleness and respect. Remember we talked about that in the Family Tree series that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Like if the Spirit is flowing through us, we're going to have gentleness and we're going to have respect. And here's the thing is that loud gets ears, but gentleness and respect gets hearts. So how do we, how do we gain credibility and influence? We've got to serve quietly. We've got to love genuinely. We've got to speak respectfully. Number four, we've got to lead faithfully. Look what it says in Daniel 6 and verse 4. Then the other administrators and the high officials began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. For he was what? He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Now imagine this. Here's people who are trying to bring Daniel down, and they're trying to find something that he's doing wrong, and they search, like they nitpick every part of his life, and it says they can't find any area of his life that they can get him. Like he's completely faithful, responsible, trustworthy. Can you imagine the influence that you would have if you had such, if you lived life in such a way that even the people, even your enemies, even the people that were trying to find something to hold against you couldn't find anything against you because you were so completely faithful. Imagine the kind of influence you would have in people's lives. If they're looking and, you, and they, can't, they can't find anything, in fact, this is the way Paul teaches us to live in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. He says, this should be your ambition, to live a quiet life, minding your own business, doing your own work, just as you were told before. And as a result, people who are not Christians will what? Will trust and respect you. What's it saying? saying, live so faithfully that even people that are not Christians. Guess what? Here's the thing, is that people, even people who are not Christians, they're looking they're watching and live in such a way that when they look on they go man I may not believe what they believe I mean I can't help but trust and respect them that's what we that's what we want here at LifeGate it's the reason we do things the way that we do them it's the reason that you know we're, we're not a perfect church by any means for sure but it's the reason that when you come in the band practiced and they try to do their very best to to worship with excellence. It's the reason we do the run-through of the lights and the video and all that kind of stuff so that it doesn't always go perfect, but we have a great team back there, right? And they've practiced and they're prepared and they're ready to present in a way that's, that's excellent. That's the reason when you come in on Sunday, like I have studied and prepared my message and you can tell, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever heard somebody preach it? You're like, I'm not sure if they actually studied and prepared, right? Because I want to earn respect. It's the reason when you drive up, the grass is cut. When you come in, the, the bathrooms are clean. Come on, right? It's the reason that stuff gets fixed around here as quickly as it possible. Because we want, we want to earn the right to, to speak into people. You want to earn the right for, to speak into people's lives? Like live faithfully. Like show up on time. Do what you said you're going to do. Be where you said you're going to be. Be faithful. And if you can't do it, if you said you're going to do it and you can't do it, then communicate and let people know. Come on, right? Like, here's the deal. Like, how do we earn respect? We live in such a way. In fact, this is the way that Jesus lived. Check it out in uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 37. It says, people were overwhelmed with amazement for they said he has done what? Everything well. Man, we want to gain credibility so that we can influence our friends, our neighbors, our communities. So we can create moments that change lives. How do we do that? 
We've got to serve quietly. We've got to love genuinely. We've got to speak respectfully. We've got to lead faithfully. But then notice what Daniel did. Finally, I think this was his secret weapon. You've got to pray regularly. Guess what, everybody? True favor like this only comes from God. There are things that you can do, but man, true favor, it really only comes from, from times with God. And this is what Daniel did. We see it in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, that three times a day, that Daniel opened his windows, he knelt, he turned and he prayed. And man, there was something like, something supernatural about that. Let me just tell you something like we can serve and we can love and we can lead with faithfulness we can do all these other things but man there's a whole nother layer that happens when we have been in the presence of God there's a there's a supernatural favor that comes so let me just ask you like where are you at in that moms and dads that want to have influence on your children how how you doing in in your prayer life those of you that want to bosses that want to have influence with your with your employees how's how's your prayer times some of you you know, maybe you've fallen off and you need to get back. Some of you need to grow in that. Some of you need to get on the prayer team and learn how to develop that even more so that we can gain a, a credibility that will lead to influence. See, here's the deal. Over 15 years, we've gained some credibility in the community. But the truth is we don't want to lose it. In fact, what we want is we want to grow it. And we want to take it to a, another level so that more lives can be touched and changed. But... It's going to happen when we decide, hey, it's not about me. I'm going to serve. I'm going to love. I'm going to give. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do all that I can.